Hi, I'm Josh and welcome to the Wild Nature Photography Podcast, the podcast that talks the art and craft of nature photography. It is the 31st of July 2023 and this is podcast number 79 and it's been a couple of weeks at least and since I've done a last podcast. There just hasn't been much going on news-wise that I've felt the need to sort of pick up the microphone as it were and, and do a podcast. There's been a few bits and pieces across my desk but I think generally on the whole the photography scene and, and certainly the photography news websites have been a little quiet of late. I think that's pretty normal at the moment, especially given that we are going to be coming into an Olympic year next year. So I think we're going to see most of the action start around the fourth quarter of this year in terms of view of lens and camera announcements, particularly development announcements, things like the EOS R1. Sony will no doubt have their A1 Mark II announcement. Uh, so there'll be some new lenses coming as well. I've talked before there'll be a 200 to 500 lens coming. I'm looking forward to that, getting my hands on that and reviewing it. And speaking of reviews, today I want to do a book review. So uh, one of the books I'm going to be reviewing today is by the photographer Nick Brandt. Now, if you're not f- f- uh, familiar with Nick Brandt's work, uh, just do a Google on him uh, and you'll find his work. He is very famous for his African wildlife, particularly his black and white. African wildlife, which has, I guess you could call it a sort of sepia tone to most of it. It's uh, it's very beautiful work. Uh, it's become quite well known in the photographic space. It's become very collectible. He's done quite a number of books now. He did a fantastic trilogy called, the first book of which was called On This Earth. Uh, the second one was called, I think it was called A Shadow Falls. And then the third one was Across This Ravaged Land or Across the Ravaged Land. All three were excellent books. Uh, really, really fantastic. The last book he did was a book called Inherit the Dust, and that's the one I want to talk about today. Uh, I think it's a very interesting look. Uh, it's a very pessimistic look, actually, at the future of African wildlife. Uh, but it's worth talking about. Uh, his work has become very, very collectible amongst collectors in recent years, with some of his prints, particularly his larger prints, now selling for in excess of $100,000. So, uh, very, very high-end, very, very expensive, and very, very beautiful. I've seen many, many of his prints in person. I've been to several of his ex- uh, exhibitions over the years. Uh, unfortunately, I don't own one of his original prints. They're a little bit out of my price range, but they are very, very beautiful, and I do appreciate them. And I want to talk about this book, Inherit the Dust. So as I said, Inherit the Dust is the latest book. It's the fourth book in the series, if you like, although technically the trilogy was the series, those first three books I talked about. But Inherit the Dust is the latest one. Uh, it's a hardcover coffee table, large format coffee table book. It measures, you know, nearly 50 centimetres in um, in length and almost the same again in height. Uh, so it's a pretty substantial sort of a book. Uh, there isn't, um, it's not something that's going to be, it's not something that's that easy to sit with on your lap. It's, it's, it's quite big. Um, it does have a dust jacket on it which I like. I've talked about before how I like a really nice dust jacket. Uh, unfortunately, mine's been sitting up on the bookshelf. The, the There are a few creases and, and wear marks on mine, and that's just as a result of sitting on the bookshelf. I'm not sure what the quality of the uh, of the dust jacket's really like. It's, it doesn't seem to be that great. But anyway, that is a bit of an aside. I was fortunate to get this book signed. It was – I picked it up at his last exhibition here in Melbourne um, – I don't remember what it cost. It wasn't inexpensive. I think it might have been around the $100 mark. The The photographs inside are presented on – in fact, let's just talk about uh, the paper quality first of all. The paper is a very nice heavy stock in this book. Um, it's quite yellow. 
uh, in terms of view of its white point. That could be because it has started to yellow a little sitting on my uh, my shelf. I hope not. I hope it's not already started to yellow because I've only had this book for maybe three years at the most. Um, but the photographs are all presented with a nice white border around them, which I really like. That is my preference. I prefer images that don't sort of aren't full bleed and run the eye off the page. But what's interesting about this book, in Inherit the Dust, is that what Nick has done, I think is very, very clever in relation to his statement about African wildlife, is he's taken previous photographs he's made of African wildlife, printed them extraordinarily large. I mean, I'm, I can only imagine that some of these must be three metres wide or bigger. Uh, and then he has placed them in the fields in Africa where these animals used to live, in parts of Africa where man has taken over and they're now cities, villages, building sites, rubbish heaps, all those sorts of things. So it's a statement about where the animals used to reside in the environment they used to reside in, and this is what it looks like now. So that's why I say it's a very sort of pessimistic look at the future of African wildlife, because really what Nick is saying in this book is this is the future. The only way you'll get to see these animals is in photographs. Let's hope that's not true. Um, but that's the statement that he's making here when he shows, for example, uh, in this particular image, I'm looking at a group of elephants uh, standing in what looks like some sort of industrial factory area, an area obviously that no elephant is going to inhabit anymore, probably a toxic area at that. So it's a pretty sad sort of a statement. The problem I've got with this work is it's, is it's, very, it's very powerful to look at. Uh, each single photograph is a statement and every single one is a sad statement about uh, what man has done to the world, what man has done to the wildlife in Africa, uh, the future of this wildlife in Africa. But the problem I've got with it is it just isn't a very nice thing to want to look at and it isn't a very nice thing to imagine to be hanging on your wall. I can't imagine someone buying one of these uh, photographs of, I'm just sort of scrolling through the book now, of lions or elephants or a giraffe standing in a toxic dust heap somewhere in Africa in the environment that they used to live in before the factory was built there. Uh, it's just not a nice thing to want to hang on your wall, although it might look impressive and emotive in, a, in an exhibition. One particular image I'm looking at now, which is clearly of a giant rubbish tip uh, with a uh, one of the one of his prints. I think it's Lion Before Storm. I think that's the title of the of the original image of a lion printed extremely large placed in this rubbish tip uh, with people you know sort of sorting through all this garbage now the statement's incredibly strong as I say but the actual my desire to want to ever hang this on my wall is zero I just find it's too powerful a statement it's too ugly it's too sad an indictment on the animals and mankind uh, for me to want to display this it's not even a book I pick up and look through very often, primarily for the same reason, I think. I probably This is probably only the second or third time I have leafed through this book uh, since I got it, just simply because I find that it's quite distressing, pardon me, to be uh, confronted uh, with such powerful imagery showing uh, what a sad state of affairs the world is in now in parts of Africa and all over the world for that matter. Uh, and that the environment these animals used to live in is now gone. Uh, there's there's a one fantastic photograph here of an elephant placed in what looks like a quarry uh, with a large excavator digger next to it. The picture is reflected in the in the water. Again, inc incredibly strong statement. I love the tonalities in these prints, though. If you and that, that's something that's that's really to be found in all of Nick's work. The tonalities are really really beautiful uh, in the way he treats the sky. 
in the way he has toned his black and white images, I think they're just beautiful. Uh, so from a post-production perspective, they're, they're stunning images. Uh, the way they're printed too, the print quality of this book, and let's just talk about the print quality for a minute, is, is really, really outstanding. I was a little bit disappointed with the print quality in his first book, um, On This Earth. I don't think it was as good as it could have been. And I don't believe Nick had full creative control over uh, where that was printed or how it was printed either, actually. But in this new book, Inherit the Dust, the print quality really doesn't lack for anything. It's beautiful. Um, it's pretty much as good as it can be, given the paper stock, which is, as I said, is a really beautiful paper stock. And as I said at the beginning of this review, it is a little bit yellow, but that only if you hold it against a white sheet of paper, I guess. But it also happens to suit the tonalities and the sort of sepia tone in his photographs. So it's a good choice. It works very, very well. Uh, and really, it helps to, I think, enhance the tonalities in his photographs. Um, I think, you know, many of the photographs that I'm looking at in this book, you can see the original images um, in his three trilogy books, which I talked about earlier. And I think those are the three to own first. Uh, if you don't know those three books, you don't own those three books, I'd encourage you to check them out because I think that's a great place to start. And I think Inherit the Dust can really com- can obviously can, can complete the collection. But I think it's a little bit, as a standalone piece, it's not as strong as owning the complete collection of all four books. I think that's my feeling about it. Uh, and as I've said, and I'll say it again now, I just don't think I'd want to hang any of these images on my wall. As powerful as they are and as strong a statement as they are, it's the wrong sort of a statement that I want to be looking at on my wall when I walk through my living room or, or, or dining room or something like that. I just don't want to be looking at an elephant in an environment it used to live in that's now a rubbish tip. I just think that's a bit sad. Um, now, at the back of this book, you can actually see, and I like the way Nick has done this, he's got a section called Cast where you can actually see the original photographs before uh, they were placed into the man, the man altered environments, if you like, for lack of a better word. And these are fantastic. This is a great place to see the images uh, as they are originally taken. These images do appear in those earlier three books, uh, so this is not the only place you can see them. But uh, it's nice to have them here, separate to those first very powerful in-your-face images that uh, are not so pleasant to look at. I do like the way all of Nick's photographs have this very thin pencil line black border around to help constrain them as well. As I said, they're not full bleed. Uh, they, they are framed by the white of the page. But in addition to that, he has a very thin pencil, black pencil line uh, running around each image. And that's something he does in his prints as well. So in the actual prints that he sells through galleries, you'll see this too. You'll see this. It's obviously part of the file when he prints it. And it works very, very well for his imagery. Uh, his imagery has been very, very heavy, heavily copied uh, by many, many photographers out there who've tried to do it. I don't think anyone's done it as well as Nick, uh, this particular style, this approach, post-production approach to his photographs. Many of his photographs are taken either at ground level or very close to eye level. And that's something that I've talked about before. I actually talked about it in my photograph of the month post that I just put up today for August 2023, where I talked about the importance of getting down to eye level and that you can't just do this by kneeling down in the grass sometimes. Sometimes you've got to actually physically put the camera on the ground to get the effect that you want of soft grasses around an animal. And there are examples of where Nick has done that. There are examples where he's obviously probably just kneeling down as well. But all of his photographs show the importance of 
getting down low and creating eye-level eye contact with the subject to create strong imagery. Now, Nick has done an awful lot to support wildlife and conservation in Africa. He has founded and he runs uh, a conservation wildlife conservation fund called the Big Life Foundation. This has done an awful lot to help save elephants and protect them from poaching. I'm very, very much in favour of what Nick has done. I think it's fantastic that he stepped up to the plate, if you like, uh, when no one else had and put this new foundation in place to try and save these amazing animals before they are gone. Uh, if you want to support Big Life Foundation, I might actually try and put a link to it in the podcast show notes. Uh, you can go and look it up as well. If you want to donate to it, I would encourage you to do so because I think they do really fantastic work. Now, at the back of Nick's book, at the back of Inherit of the Dust, there is an index of pleats uh, where he talks about uh, where the photograph was taken um, and the title of the photograph. There's no metadata image supplied with any of these photographs at all. Nick primarily shoots on film, if I'm not mistaken, and I think all of the original images that he printed out and placed in these man-made environments were actually still shot on film. Uh, and I believe that's still the case that he's still shooting on film today, although I'm not 100% on that. Uh, but it shows. You can see the grain in his very, very large prints, and it works. Again, it goes with the style of his images, uh, and I think, um, you know, it, helps, it just helps to bring them to life. They are highly evocative images, uh, many, many beautiful ones of elephants. I think those are the ones he's probably best known for. Uh, he's, the image that actually made him the most uh, famous or well-known, if you like, was an image called Elephant with Exploding Dust, uh, which is, if you, again, if you Google that title, Elephant with Exploding Dust, you will find that, uh, that image online. It's been, um, it's been very well publicized and very well shared. As again, it's stunning work. As I said, I think this is uh, a beautiful book. I'm very glad that I own it, even though it's a book I hardly ever look at, uh, simply because uh, the images are not very pleasant to look at, especially those ones where he's placed the photographs and rubbish tips and things like that. Uh, I believe um, Nick started photographing in Africa around 2001, so just over 20 years ago now, uh, and he has amassed one very, very impressive portfolio of, of work. Um, I'm just going to see if I can find a little bit of information about where this book was printed. It was printed in the United States, uh, but I cannot tell you whereabouts in the United States it was printed other than to say um, there's a reference to a gallery on the back of the dust jacket, but I'm not sure if they actually printed it. Um, not that it actually matters too much. As I've said, the print quality in this book is excellent uh, and it is very well reviewed too. On the back of the, of the book, there are some reviews by um, famous philosopher, biologist, uh, the chairman of Christie's. There's an art critic review. Uh, all of them are, are glowing reviews for this for Nick's work and this book. And it's deserved, as I said. This is a book that you really should think about owning if you have any sort of interest in African wildlife. In fact, all four books, I think, are worth owning. Uh, and again, they are On This Earth is the first book, which again, I think may actually even be sold out nowadays and then A Shadow Falls, and then Across the Ravaged Land. That's the three that made up the original trilogy. And then the fourth book, uh, Inherit the Dust, which has been the subject of this review today. So I think I would encourage you to have a look at these if you've got an interest in African wildlife. They are very, very powerful. They're inspirational as well. Uh, I think they um, are a lesson in 
how to capture the humanity that can be found in the eyes and the faces of wildlife. Nick does that extremely well, and that's a very hard thing to do. We've all seen many, many photos of cheetahs, of lions, of elephants, of rhinoceros, but capturing the mood of the animal and the humanity of the animal, for lack of a better word, I think is very, very difficult. And Nick has done that extraordinarily well in all his images. They're all extremely evocative. They're all extremely powerful. Uh, and, you know, the prints themselves, I think, if you ever get a chance to see the prints, go to one of the galleries that has his work, have a look at them in their large formats, you know, up to sort of 60 by 90 inches and even larger than that, actually. They are they are absolutely stunning. The print quality is pretty much as good as it gets. So I don't want to sort of compare this book uh, too much to the reference gold standard APA book that I've talked about as being the best in print quality because, I, you know, I've sort of harped on about that in previous book review podcasts. I just say that I think the print quality in this book is about as good as it can be uh, and that really you've got to go to one of his inkjet prints uh, to get something that is that is better. But even then, I think, you know, the book does outstanding justice to all of his photographs and you certainly won't be disappointed with the print quality in Inherit the Dust uh, if you choose to pick this book up. Uh, I'm not sure where it can be ordered. Uh, I'll do a, I'll do a bit of a Google search on that and if, the, if it is still available to order from his website, I might put a link to that in as well as a link to his Big Life Foundation. So that's it for today. Just a, a fairly short review with my thoughts on Nick Brandt's Inherit the Dust, uh, a book that's well worth adding to your library. Uh, if you have any sort of interest in wildlife photography. So I think that's it for today. We'll wrap it up there. It is um, only now around, what is it? It's the 31st today of July. So it's only 20 days now or so until I am leaving for Europe. So things are starting to get towards the pointy end of getting everything resolved here in Australia before I, I leave for Europe. I've got a lot coming up in Europe. I'm looking forward to it very much. Um, Perhaps I'll do a, a packing packing podcast or packing list uh, but as we get closer as well. We'll just see how we go for time. But for that, for now, that's it. We'll wrap it up there. I'm Josh. It has been the 31st of August, two, 31st of July, sorry, getting ahead of myself, 2023. Look forward to seeing you out in the field. Take care.